Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wall on us. Painting and taking on all the plates and paint and troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinizing through their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get Uh, like lots of strong free speech supporters, the last few years has uh, really worked to challenge certain uh, ones of my uh, assumptions. Uh, I still am a huge believer in free speech, and I still believe that in most cases, the idea of a marketplace of ideas and that good speech is a, a useful response to bad speech. Uh, is going to be sort of the right answer for things. However, there is unfortunately some increasing evidence uh, of many cases recently in which that doesn't seem to actually work very well. Uh, we've seen too many stories of both false and deliberate disinformation being weaponized in a way that seems uh, somewhat impervious to factual information or debunking false information and too many cases where speech is actually used in some ways to silence people through targeted harassment and abuse campaigns that simply cause people to withdraw from the marketplace of ideas entirely. And I'll admit that I'm not entirely sure how to deal with all of this, uh, but it's something that I've been thinking a lot about. Uh, and I don't think that the answer is to, to be putting limits on, on freedom of speech, as many people are advocating for. I do think that there's something more interesting in helping society to better learn how to sort of both process the sort of nonstop fire hose of information and also how to be better information sharers themselves. Uh, and so I was quite interested when I came across an article that Sarah McLaughlin wrote last year regarding Twitter mobs and, and speech. Uh, Sarah is the director of targeted advocacy at FIRE, which is the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, which has been a tireless fighter for free speech rights in educational institutions. So she's certainly not in favor of limiting free speech either. Uh, her article, though, which was entitled Twitter, More Speech and Mobs, was about how we should think about free speech in connection to things like unfair mobbing and harassment online. Um, and the issue that, that she works through in the article was trying to come up with a way to deal with the fact that sometimes this more speech approach leads to mob behavior and that most people agree that mob behavior is not necessarily a good thing. Uh, and the focus in, in her article is to basically come up with a set of guidelines for people to use themselves in figuring out whether or not to engage in what could potentially be uh, online mobbing behavior. Uh, in the lead up to this conversation on the podcast, Sarah has also written a second article on this subject uh, with the title, The Power and Carelessness of Film, about another specific mobbing incident that happened recently. And uh, both of these articles present really thoughtful, nuanced discussions about how to think about bad behavior and our own responsibility in, in sort of contributing to bad behavior on social media. So given all that, I thought it would be fun to discuss these ideas with her. So Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. So uh, let's start with the, the first article and I'll ask kind of what, what made you uh, decide to write that article in the first place? 
You know, it's funny you ask that because I honestly can't remember <laughs> what the exact uh, you know tweet was or controversy was that uh, made me think about this, and I think that's kind of telling because. There's yeah. kind of a new one, you know, at least every week, <laughs> not every day. Um, and I, you know, I spent a lot of time really thinking through this and, um, you know, trying to work through accusations of mobbing, um, you know, how I think it's a very imprecise term, but how I also think we do sort of engage in mobbing, <laughs> even yeah. though I think it's a, um, you know, poorly defined uh, way to describe it. Um and, you know, the conclusion that I reached was that um, when you have a platform with millions of people on it, anything that people do is going to seem like mobbing. Yeah. Um, so I think we need to understand that as we use Twitter and then go from there and see, you know, what's an ethical way to use this thing where there are millions of us maybe yelling at the same person. Yeah, it's I mean it's it's a really sort of challenging issue and and you know one of the things that i was thinking about was almost and i don't even remember how far back this goes but there was somebody who uh i would say really dislikes me <laughs> who at one point um accused me of like sending mobs his way and and like i was upset about that because i i don't think i had done that i think i just written about something that this person had done um that was bad <laughs> <laughs> or you know that i that i disagreed with and i'd written an article just on tectured about it um and so certain people who who you know read tectured were upset and and probably complained to this person and my my initial reaction was to sort of get my back up and be like, Oh, come on. You know, I, you did something bad. I wrote about it, deal with the consequences. Mm -hmm. But like, I, I know that ever since then I've, I've personally been a lot more conscious about it because like, like that's, it's not fun to be, be on the, <laughs> the, the receiving end of a mob of very angry people. Um, and, and so, it, you know, it is interesting that this sort of keeps happening and 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 trying to think through like you know how do you engage in 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 these conversations in a way that is is useful and not you know damaging yeah and i think for me a the easiest way to look at it and i i talked about it in the piece is that i just now try to look at what am i trying to achieve you know using right. twitter and what do i think i'll achieve with it um, and so, you know, I, I think I used to be a little bit more combative with people on Twitter. <laughs> and, um, you know, now I'm, I'm realizing, I'm looking back on it, you know, wondering, what was I trying to achieve with that? You know, did I actually think I would explain to this person why they were wrong and that, why they were wrong and that they would just think, yeah, you know, she's got a good point. Uh, because I think if you're just quote tweeting someone saying, look at this idiot, the, right. you know, what are you, what do you think you're going to do? You know, is the point to show that you think they're an idiot or is the point to teach people? And so they learn something from it. Um, and, you know, I, I'm trying to use Twitter less in that way where it's just, hey, look at this idiot. <laughs> because right. I do think it is, um, you know, a, a pitfall <laughs> that's easy to get into on Twitter. Yeah, and certainly I'm guilty of that and all, all the time. <laughs> but uh, I, and I think that's it's actually really interesting. And, and some of this, I mean, if we if we just focus on the Twitter context, which is, you know, the context of your article, um, 
you know, I, I kind of feel that there are like, there are different conversations that deserve different kinds of discussions. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, and it may be different kinds of people and different, different kinds of situation in different kinds of situations. And, and like, you know, personally, again, like I've been trying, not necessarily succeeding, but trying to, to be more thoughtful about when and how I use things like quote tweeting, um, you know, and, and, and who, who it is that we're dealing with. Right. So like when it's, you know, perhaps like a major public figure, say a politician of some sort, that feels not as bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, I think like a, a great example would be, um, you know, you just wrote about this, um, you know, uh, President Biden just used the uh -huh. uh, fire in a crowded theater uh, trope in a speech. And, uh, you know, that is a situation in which I would feel comfortable saying, what are you doing? How do you not know this already? <laughs> but, you know, if dog lover 74, you know, responded right. to a tweet and said, this is like shouting fire in a crowded theater, I'm not quite sure the same um, venom right. might be warranted. And I think that's another of the big problems I have with using Twitter is that it kind of flattens everything so yeah. that our response to a politician will be the same as, you know, a, somebody who's, you know, 80 years old and just got on Twitter for the first time and barely knows how to use it or something like these are very different people and they have very different, um, you know, positions of power and we're treating them exactly the same way. And I think yeah. that's really uh, a poor way to use it. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, I think that's reasonable. Um, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, everything is is context, right? <laughs> Which is what all, so many of these questions always seem to come back to. Um, but let, let's so so if we look at at the article that you wrote, um, you sort of put in place kind of a list of ground rules, uh, and these are. Like unlike everybody else who gets involved in these discussions, which try and put ground rules for other people, yours are ground rules that people should think about for themselves, which I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that's part of it because, you know, I think that um, I might have a different level of, you know, a response than some other people. And I might have, um, you know, I might feel more strongly about some things and think a stronger response is necessary for me than other people might. And, you know, we are different everybody's a different person. Everybody has different things that they feel strongly about or, um, you know, causes or, you know, individuals they want to um, criticize. Right. And so that's why I think instead of saying, um, you know, you shouldn't tweet at somebody who has less than 200 followers or you shouldn't tweet at this person, I don't think those rules are helpful. Instead, I think it's much better to look at, you know, individually, does this fit in with how I feel comfortable speaking to people. Do I think this is ethical for my own personal belief system? And I think that's the better way to approach it instead of these kind of unhelpful um, context-free guidelines. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's interesting. And it, it sort of gets back to this idea that I've been thinking a lot about how, um, you know, effectively these new technologies and the new ways that they're used and the sort of problems that they, that, that has been made clear because of, because of them and how they're used is really, there's sort of a societal level shift that everybody kind of needs to go through and, and learn how to use these things ourselves. Right. And, and, yeah. you know, there are sort of historical parallels to, to this when, 
you know, when the printing press first came out about and radio and other new technologies, and you have this sort of, you know, crazy period in which, you know, all hell breaks loose uh, <laughs> in, in a variety of different ways. And it takes a certain period of time until society itself sort of catches up and 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 sort of more general accepted, uh, you know, modes of conduct become the norm and you're sort of taught those naturally uh, and then they just feel normal going forward. Um, and I, I, what I liked about your approach here is that it's sort of setting up those kinds of principles, not these strict rules and say, yeah, this is what you need to do. But these things about, you know, what, what, what is it that you're trying to accomplish and what is the best way to accomplish that goal? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree about, you know, the newness of Twitter. I mean, I guess to, <laughs> to many of us, Twitter doesn't seem that new anymore, right. but in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, it's still pretty new. Um, and that's why I'm still pretty hesitant to be, you know, kind of fire and brimstone about people, you know, using Twitter, I guess, in a mobbing way, because I do think that it's not intentional for at least right. some people. I don't think people intend to... Um, you know, use Twitter in a way that's um, kind of cruel or, you know, unnecessary. Um, I just think that we kind of don't have an, we don't really have an understanding among everyone of how, um, you know, things like Twitter affect people. Um, And we needed to learn that. And I think that's what this process is. And I think that's also why it's been so uncomfortable and gotten so much attention and public debate, because, it is new and it is something that we haven't really worked out and we feel uncomfortable with things that we haven't really reached yeah. a solution or an understanding on. Yeah. And, and to be clear, I mean, you said earlier in, in this conversation that like mob is not necessarily the best word and it is often weird. Like there are, you know, conversations or arguments that I'll get on, get into on Twitter um, where there'll be a whole bunch of people yelling at me and <laughs> it's, it's fine. Like, you know, it's just, to me, it's sort of like, it is a conversation. I'm talking to a whole bunch of people. Um, and so there is a lot more context behind like, you know, some, some mobs are different than other mobs. right? (laughs) (laughs) And, and that can, can make a really big difference as well. And sort of understanding sometimes, you know, power imbalance or, um, you know, what kinds of mobs or what kinds of things they're upset about. Um, can really make a difference as well. So there's a lot of context involved in all of this. Yeah, and and there's a difference between, um, you know, hey, I think your tweet's bad, that getting right. that 500 times, and then 500, you know, I hope you get killed, I hope you lose your job. Like, there is a difference between those things. And yes. um, the way that we talk about mobbing kind of mashes them all into one category. Um, and, yes. and I understand it. You know, it's... I, I think I've been on the receiving end of... <laughs> some unpleasant days on Twitter. Um, And it's hard to tell when you're getting hundreds or thousands of tweets at you. Um, It's easy to feel like all of them are people sending scary or threatening or mean, like really cruel things. And you don't really notice, you know, that maybe half of them are, hey, just so you know, I disagree. Uh, It just, everything feels like an attack when you have that many people talking at you. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it can make a, a you know, and depend and, and the nature of what is being said and how much of it can make a huge difference. We had um, a couple months ago now, we um, spoke to uh, Tracy Chow, who is the founder of a company called Block Party, which is making a, you know, a t- 
sort of third-party tool for Twitter users, which um, helps them manage mainly those cases. Like when you're being mobbed, it uh, has a couple of neat features to sort of not have them all flow into you <laughs> at once, like, you know, sort of push them off to the side and so you can deal with them all at one time and not just like constantly interrupting you or even to like let a trusted friend go through them for you <laughs> and say hey, like, yeah, we're not going to let you see this, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, some of that conversation is just like how aggressively awful it can be to be on the receiving end of that stuff. And I think it's hard for people who haven't really been on the receiving end of it to to even recognize how bad it can be. Um, yeah, it, it can get to the point, especially if you use Twitter a lot to communicate, you feel like you just need to remove this method yeah. of communication from your life for a day or a week until it's kind of over. Um, you know, I've had that a few times where I've just put <laughs> removed the app from my phone and been like, I'll check <laughs> you in a couple days. Yeah, yeah. And it's always kind of surprising how uh the yeah going away from twitter for a little while is not the end of the world <laughs> <laughs> i yeah you know it's funny though once i started being more conscientious about how i'm using twitter i feel the need to remove myself from it much less yeah uh because i i just don't feel um you know that i'm getting into as many negative conversations and i don't feel that i'm bringing negative conversations to other people um in a way that i maybe wouldn't be proud of yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, that is a good point. Um, you know, and it, it is interesting and, and it, again, like so much of this is, is so context dependent and like, and, 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 and that includes like every, everyone's own sort of tolerance for, for, for how much abuse they want to deal with okay, to some extent. And, uh, and, What's crazy to me are the people who are, are just like, oh, you know, oh, everybody should just be able to kind of suck it up and deal with it. Um, I tend to think those people don't really know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and I, I read about this a little bit too, but I, you know, a lot of people like to employ the phrase, you know, Twitter isn't real life. And I really hate that. Yeah. Uh, because I, I think for a lot of people, Twitter is very, very real in their lives. You know, what happens on Twitter can affect your personal life, your job, um, you know, your mental well-being. There's uh, Twitter is real life. And um, I think it's kind of an excuse to um, act in a way that you wouldn't act towards people in person. Because you say, you know, this isn't real. So it doesn't matter what I do. And I, I think it does matter. Uh, and especially as we've all been online <laughs> almost yeah. exclusively for a year. Um, yeah. we kind of have to abandon the idea that, uh, social media is not real life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, do you want to go through some, uh, we don't need to go through all of them, but some of the, the sort of ground rules that you wrote in, in that first article, it might be useful for people listening. We sort of talked about them generally and about, you know, trying to, to think through what it is you're trying to accomplish and what you think is going to work. But there are a couple of these guidelines that, you know, I could, we could, I mean, I can read them and, um, can discuss them. Um, yeah, sure. So, you know, I, I think, um, well, I'll just go through the first couple. I mean, you say that, you know, plenty of bad arguments do not need a name attached to them if the speaker is not a public figure or in a position of authority. So if you see an obnoxious tweet advocating a view that you'd like to pick apart, consider screen capping it and removing the account name. Um, 
which is, you know, I, I've seen that happen. Uh, and there, you know, there are cases where that happens, but it's, it's kind of rare. Right. And I think it, it's a, it's a really interesting one, right? Because it, it really gets you to focus in on, are, is it the idea that you're trying to pick apart and discuss and debate? Or is it the person that you're trying to shame, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's, it's exactly what we were talking about earlier. It matters if the president says you can't shout fire in a crowded theater. Right. Um, it maybe doesn't matter who's saying it if it's um, not the president and just a you know random person on Twitter who you never saw before. Um, and I think a lot of it goes down to what do you want to do? Do you want to explain to people why X idea is wrong? Or do you want to say, look at this person they hold X opinion. Um, and I think, you know, the context, it really matters. Sometimes you really need to know if a person holds a certain opinion. Yes. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think that's the case most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's that's true. Um, this this next one is uh, is interesting. It sort of gets at the, the question of, like, effectively, like, are you punching up or punching down to some extent when you say when possible avoid sharing videos of teenagers unless they've been anonymized um and you note that you've become increasingly uncomfortable with watching adults share videos of teenagers as a means to critique their behavior um yeah i mean i think that's that's really interesting because you know lots of us had teenage years where we did things we were not proud of <laughs> and which thankfully were not recorded and then posted for millions of people to see. Um, yeah, and... I, I really, I, I don't like when any adults do it really. Um, yeah. But especially when people who I know, you know, I know your life wasn't on Facebook and Twitter when you were 14. Right. Um, I, I feel really uncomfortable. You know, it's, it's like a separate set of rules, um, you know, for young people now where they have to have everything they do picked apart by millions of people. If, yeah. you know, they happen to do something online or get filmed doing it. Uh, and a lot of the responses people say in defense of it is, you know, uh, there's nothing wrong with holding people accountable. And right. that's correct. You know, people should be held accountable when, you know, they do something terrible. Um, but, it kind of removes this idea of, you know, what the accountability should actually be because maybe, you know, with teenagers, it should just be their family or friends uh, right. you know, saying, hey, I disagreed with that thing you did. And it shouldn't be, um, you know, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of people saying you're a horrible person. I hope bad things happen to you. Right. Um, and it's it, it's just kind of like an out that I think people like to cling to. You know, it's accountability. Well, that's accountability doesn't have to come in that form. Um, and so we could be a little bit more thoughtful about, um, you know, how we want to hold teenagers accountable because I don't think it's, you know, helpful or <laughs> for me to be telling a, a 15 year old that I've never met that I think they're awful. Right. <laughs> right. Kind right. of cruel. frankly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, well, it gets back to something that we've discussed actually on the last, last two podcast episodes that we had, which is like the proportionality of, of any kind of remedy for an, any kind of, you know, bad behavior. Um, you know, it, it should be proportionate and, and having, you know, thousands, even hundreds of people shaming you is often not proportionate for, for a teenager just doing something dumb. Right. Yeah. Especially, you know, I, 
I don't think I did anything too horrible when I was a teenager, but I'm glad that, you know, the worst things I ever did or said are not available yes. <laughs> to everyone in the world to view at any time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like I honestly I don't think I could name something, you know, really horrible off the top of my head. But part of that might be because it wasn't filmed yeah. and I was able to forget it. Yeah, you, were, you had the opportunity to move past it and not have right. that moment define you forever. Yes, yes. I think there's a, a decent chance that I, I must have done horrible things because I, I'm sure every teenager does. Might have made extent. a few bad bagels or something. Yeah. <laughs> Never. The bagels were always perfect. Um, um, so I'm just sort of scrolling down this list. Oh, I mean, the interesting one, this this people debate all the time is like uh, around like quote tweeting versus replying. So it says reply when possible instead of quote tweeting when you're arguing. Uh, I said, again, this isn't necessarily the case if the identity of the speaker is important. Um, and sometimes it is, but discussions usually don't need to be carried out through rounds of increasingly angry quote tweets. And just for people who aren't like deep in the weeds on Twitter or aren't on Twitter at all, like uh, just if you're just replying to someone, then it's basically just people who are following both of the, the people who are talking in the thread or people who go looking for it will see the discussion. Whereas if you quote tweet them, which is sort of putting a, a reply above their tweet, then everybody who follows you can potentially see it. And so you're sort of broadcasting your reply much more widely when you quote tweet. And it's it's often sort of uh, a, a more, look at me, I am saying this, <laughs> not here is my reply to you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. It's with what do you want to gain from this? Um, right. Do you want to explain to a person why you disagree? Or do you want, you know, however many followers you have to see that you're telling someone they're wrong and stupid? Right. Uh, right. And again, context always matters. Um, yep. You know, if a state representative replies to you and says something outrageous, it's probably relevant yep. for people to know that. Uh, but I think for the average Twitter user, it maybe won't be relevant to for everyone to see what they said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it it does depend. There's there's there are other contexts. I mean, I've occasionally <laughs> used the quote tweet uh, when I've become exasperated with someone, and uh, after like a longer conversation, and then it's generally not like look at me. It's more like. Can somebody else respond to this, <laughs> this guy? Because I'm, I'm tired of it. <laughs> well, yeah, and again, you know, that's why I, I'm not pressing for you know strict yeah. rules of you know I don't think anyone should ever quote tweet. I think it should just be something that we think about. You know, am I using the quote tweet function in the best way? I think I am. Go ahead. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. And you know, everybody is going to be the best judge of that for you know their own Twitter accounts, their own followings, um, you know, their own message. So uh, I'm, I, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with quote tweet. I use it all the time. Yeah. Um, I just don't use it maybe quite as much as I used to. Yeah. I mean, you still should use it for uh, Erdogan, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> if we want to talk about Twitter mobs. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> You, you, and uh, and the the president of Turkey go way back. Yes. Well, <laughs> one day I'll get unblocked and yes. continue our conversation. That's right. You you can't quote tweet him right now because you're blocked. 
I'm not on the personal account, but uh, okay. <laughs> one of these days I'll get that block on the personal too. <laughs> there we go. Um, and, so, and then you have another point, which I think is really good. And this is just more, uh, I think, a useful principle for life <laughs> beyond just Twitter, which is that you said, for what it's worth, I can't recall many times that I've regretted it when I've offered more good faith than seems deserved, but I have regretted doing the opposite. Um, and I definitely feel the same. And I struggle with this one <laughs> quite a bit. Um, and I try and I constantly sort of try and remind myself to like, even when I think people are arguing with me in bad faith to try to argue with them in, in good faith, but you know, that's difficult. <laughs> yeah. I, I have kind of two thoughts on this. And the first is again, that I think, uh, this is the problem with kind of, uh, I guess what I would call the flattening effect of Twitter where uh -huh. everybody seems like the worst person on Twitter. And it's so easy to assume that any yeah. person replying to you in a non-agreeing uh, or polite way is automatically going to be the worst you know, yes. monster <laughs> you're going to encounter on the website. Um, so I, I think it's too easy to assume that. Um, and secondly, you know, I, I think what is the worst case scenario if I offer more goodwill than the person maybe deserves? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, what's what's wrong with that? You know, how can I go wrong? <laughs> yeah. I maybe you know, politely explaining something and, you know, not snapping at a person. I don't see a downside to that in the way that I see a downside to, um, you know, maybe kind of rudely replying to someone who was earnestly trying to learn and then having that person think, you know what, this person's a jerk, they're wrong anyway. And yep. then maybe someone whose mind I could have changed is uh, yeah. never going to listen to me again. Yeah. And that's totally true and definitely something that, that, that I try to be better at and, and often fail. <laughs> you know? Well, it's tough because um, you know, some people are arguing in very bad faith on Twitter. Yes. Um, and it's you don't really want to waste your time maybe in yeah. trying to weigh, you know, who's good faith, who's bad faith. And that's why I just try to lean towards treating, you know, everybody yeah. as good faith. And then if they're not, then I just move on and <laughs> that's it. Yeah. No, I mean, that's definitely the, the smart, like, healthy way of dealing with it. For the you record, know, I try. I don't think yes, I succeed yes. all the time. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think anyone succeeds all the time. But, you know, it's, it is a challenge. But, like, you know, one of the things that, that I've noticed is, like, when I am in a situation where there's a whole bunch of people sort of, you know, replying to me, and a bunch of them are sort of bad faith, then, like, if somebody sort of jumps in with a not very thoughtful comment because my mindset is like, just like I'm battling bad faith people. <laughs> you, you assume that the next guy in is also bad faith. And, and I've been trying to be more conscious of that. And I have noticed that like recently, um, like I feel like I've been having more conversations with people on Twitter where the end result is people saying, oh, I was wrong. <laughs> and, and like, oh, you know, I learned something. And, and so like that is possible. <laughs> yeah, and or even if... Even if you can't convince everyone, just sure. having them leave the conversation thinking a little bit better of, you know, the person who holds that point of view. I, I think that right. is generally a good thing and it's something to strive for most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it is it is really tough and it is and sort of the nature, too, of Twitter to some extent where, you know, you almost feel like. 
you know, you don't really ha have time to sort of think through <laughs> things like, cause it does feel more like a live conversation to some extent. And so, you know, I don't know if it's just sort of the simplicity of Twitter or the, the limited space that you have, like having a more deep, nuanced, thoughtful conversation is not, not always possible. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think we, um, you know, for obvious reasons, just probably don't put that much thought into what we're saying because Twitter yeah. is just a, intended to be for just quick, you know, quick thoughts shared and then you move on and move on to the next thing. Um, so I, I don't think there's anything, you know, wrong with that because I, I think that's probably most of our, um, you know, methods going into using Twitter in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then in, in this article, you also mentioned like questions that we should ask ourselves to determine whether or not we should be acting differently on social media. Um, and the first one we sort of already discussed, which is kind of like, what are your intentions? Um, and then, but the second one is interesting, which is kind of like, and I would argue this goes against the entire purpose of Twitter, <laughs> which was, <laughs> is my tweet uh, to or about someone necessary? And, and like, I almost feel like, you know, all of Twitter is not necessary <laughs> to some extent. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. And I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure some of these answers could really, or some of these questions are going to have perfect answers. Sure, and also, again, I'm not sure, you know, I think you raise a good point. Is any tweet even necessary in the first place? <laughs> is the, is the first tweet necessary rather than the hundredth? I'm not sure. Um, I I think part of this piece was me saying, here's a bunch of questions I can't answer. But, right, right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think this is one that I um, have, you know, too clear of a, a thought process on other than I've kind of become uncomfortable with the idea that I'm tweeting something just because I think a hundred thousand other people have tweeted about this thing and I also need to. Mm -hmm. um, and especially on, you know, who the target is, you know, as we've repeated about 50 times, context matters. Um, you know, I, I think it's fine to be the 100,000th person to say, uh, you know, you think what a president is doing is wrong. I think it's maybe even a good thing to be, you know, to have a huge number of people trying to tell a president or, you know, some politician, I disagree with this. Um, but, you know, if it's somebody who just says something wrong or stupid or obnoxious, I, it's not clear to me, um, you know, what's to be gained uh, or what's necessary about being, you know, the 50,000th person to say, hey, I think you're wrong. Um, I don't think there's... I don't think it's necessarily inherently wrong. I just am not sure that I like the idea of feeling like I'm saying things just to tell someone they're wrong and just right. to join a group doing the same. Right. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. I mean, I think, and, and I was obviously being somewhat sarcastic with my, <laughs> is any tweet necessary? I, I, I think Twitter is actually uh, there's lots of really wonderful things that have come from Twitter. And so I, I do think it actually is, uh, it is a, a, actually, I believe it's a net good, which many people would disagree with me on. Well, <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. The reason why I care about this so much is because I really do like Twitter and I yeah. think uh, it's 
probably done. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I don't know if you would easily calculate it's done. You know, x amount good, y amount harm. Um, right. But I think it has a lot of good things to offer, and I oh, yeah. think if we could just figure out a way to use it a little bit better, yeah. um, it could be so much better than it even is now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, it's interesting, like the questions of like, how do you deal with like, you know, telling a politician, for example, that they're wrong, where there's a situation where, you know, we all agree that that, you know, a politician by the nature of their job and what they have chosen to do with their lives has, has sort of put themselves out there for criticism. And I think that's obviously incredibly fair. But then the question is, what what good is any particular tweet doing? And some of it is a question of, are you, again, sort of, which gets back to your other thing is, what is the intention here, right? And is it just as kind of, you know, join the mob and pick up a, you know, a pitchfork? <laughs> or, or is it to explain to people to, to you could alert people, notify people of this crazy thing that the politician has said that they might not otherwise see? It could be to, you know, explain a nuance, uh, you know, in, in why what they said was was incorrect or misleading or or interesting or worth thinking about. Or, you know, there's a, a whole variety of things that that come into play. Um, and in some cases, you know, maybe maybe if done right, you are convincing the politician that that maybe they misspoke or they were, weren't thinking through all of the different things. Um, and so, you know, a lot of it really does it does depend. Um, I, I have tweeted at certain politicians somewhat angrily that actually led to me having conversations with them and their staff about something they did wrong. And I'm well, I'm so still waiting on my invitation from Erdogan. But <laughs> yes. An all, expa all expense paid trip to Turkey to talk to him. <laughs> yeah. No return flight. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but um, I mean, so, you know, sometimes you can get the kind of reaction that you want, but you're right that that sort of the intention matters and kind of where you're going with it. And I think it is a really useful tool for everyone to, to think through, like, why? Why are you tweeting? What are you trying to do? And is it you know, I, I think necessary is maybe the word that I, I struggle with here. It's more just like, are you advancing, you know, the whatever it is your intentions are? Yeah, because I think a lot of us have good intentions when we go to Twitter. You know, we have a certain set of beliefs that we want to advance or we have causes we care about that we want more people to care about. And uh, I think, you know, just the the trap of Twitter is that it's so easy to get lulled into um, you know, speaking and acting in a way that is really detrimental to yeah. things you want people to believe or care about. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, Twitter is a tool that we can all use to get more people to listen to us and to get more people to care about the things that we care about. So, you know, why not try to, you know, figure out a way to use it to be better and to actually get people to listen to us and not just maybe, uh, you know, mock Strangers. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of which, that brings us to the the, <laughs> the more recent article that you wrote, which was about a sort of mobbing event that that happened uh, in the past week or so. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? It... 
Sure. So um, there was a video that went viral of um, a an employee at uh, I think it was it was some hotel chain. I think it was Holiday Inn, um, and um, you know a customer was kind of badgering him while taping him and saying you know something was wrong with his room or you know he didn't get the money he was expecting. I, I don't remember exactly what the dispute was, um, but the employee clearly was suffering from a mental health issue at the time and he started you know hitting his own head and um the employee you know or the employee kind of eventually left um Mm -hmm. and then um this video was posted to twitter by you know a number of pretty big accounts um you know and they were trying to argue that um you know the employee was maybe racist because he was white and the customer was black um, and it was clear that he just was having some sort of breakdown. <laughs> um, and I, it was really horrible <laughs> to watch this yeah. video get shared around um, because it was just clearly a man having probably one of the worst days of his life. And it was kind of just entertainment for people to, to pick apart and, you know, debate what he was doing and, you know, discuss everything wrong with him. Um and, you know, it eventually came out that um, he, uh, you know, I think has, is still having serious issues because of this. He's been getting harassment. Um, you know, it's, I think, furthering a mental health crisis. And I don't think every viral video um, is this cruel. Um, I think this is probably on the extreme end of the spectrum, um, you know, with regards to cruelty. But I do think it should cause us to think about what we're doing when we share videos of people um, in or people who are acting strangely or wrongly or, you know, whatever they're doing. Um, you know, I, I think we need to be careful about what we're kind of saddling people with um, when we make them just kind of like a, you know, oh, here's a wild viral video of the day. Right. Um, because, you know, this is probably something that's going to stay with this man forever. Um and, you know, he's going to have to live with the fact that hundreds of thousands of people have seen him having a breakdown. Um, so I, I think we need to really be more thoughtful about images and video, especially because those have kind of a lasting impact um, in the way that, you know, a tweet might not. Um, but I, I really think that was <laughs> quite unusually cruel. Yeah. Um, and I... I kind of hope that um, I, I almost wonder if that one was kind of a breaking point because there are a lot of people in the replies who were not, you know, saying, whoa, crazy video. Thanks for sharing. They were saying, this is cruel. Why are you doing this? You yeah. should please stop. Um, I, yeah. I, so I, I, again, you know, context matters, but I think we should look a little, I mean, we should think more about sharing these videos specifically of an individual, you know, not, I'm not talking about like videos of police officers or something, or, you know, videos of, again, people who are in positions of power who are using that power to harm people. Um, but instead just kind of individuals, um, you know, in small day-to-day interactions, I don't think those need to be content for us necessarily. And I think we should try to step back from treating them that way. Yeah. I mean, it, it reminds me of, and I don't know if you've read it, but the, there was the John Ronson book, So You've Been Publicly Shamed, mm-hmm. which gets into a bunch of these <laughs> uh, examples like that, which is actually why 
you know, I do wonder if we've hit a turning point or not, because there's a book that's like full of examples <laughs> like this um, and, and kind of looks at kind of the, the longer term um, scenarios for people who are in those situations. And yeah, it, it I mean, it raises a lot of questions. And, and obviously, again, like each of those scenarios is also very context dependent. Um, and so there, there are all different questions about, you know, how powerful is the person? What sort of position are they in? What did they actually do? And so to me, it always comes back down to like, again, you know, sort of the proportionality of it. And in this case, like the, you know, the, the event that happened last week, um, you know, that clearly seemed to be someone who was going through a mental health episode and, you know, I think the natural response should be sympathy and, and you know, and, and hoping that that person gets help and not, um, you know, using it for entertainment purposes. But it's, you know, every scenario is is very, very different. Yeah, and I guess kind of the um, other side of the context discussion we've been having is that so many of these videos are missing context. That's um, true. Yeah. Like in this one, uh, the employee claimed that the man filming him had called him an anti-gay slur before mm -hmm. he started filming. Um, so, you know, we miss so much in these videos. You know, people always say, you know, a, a picture, you know, will say a lot, but it doesn't tell you the truth. The same as videos, like we can really do a lot of harm to people by sharing videos without, you know, knowing the full context of them. Um, and I, it's just, I, I guess we're getting back to the, is it necessary right. question? Um, but you know, is it necessary for me to share a video of someone, um, you know, having, you know, an embarrassing moment, um, where, you know, maybe I don't even have all the context. I really don't think it is. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but know, I'm not I mean, sure what it achieves. Yeah. But then, of course, like, it raises the, the sort of follow-up issue, which is, like, then, like, you know, a lot of people were very angry, you know, reasonably, I think, at the person who did share this video. And then, you know, to some extent, he then was mobbed by people telling him, you know, what a bad person he was for, for sharing stuff. And so you know, was, was that okay? Because he had done something bad in the first place in sharing that original video. And then a lot of people were yelling at him and, you know, uh, and so suddenly, you know, you have these things that are balancing on all sides that, that raise a lot of questions about what actually, you know, what is the best response and how do you deal with those kinds of scenarios? Yeah. And, you know, it's a tough question. I don't think I tweeted at him directly. I don't think I quote tweeted him or anything because I didn't really want to be, um, yeah. You know, and the other part of it is not just, is it ethical for me to do this? But, you know, sometimes people just want you to angrily quote tweet them. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's part of their business model. Yes. Um, so if someone is doing something that I think is terrible, um, I might just be doing them a favor by quote tweeting and saying, hey, isn't this person terrible? Yeah. And there were a couple of indications that this particular individual was enjoying the the anger. <laughs> yes, as, as far as I can tell, he's he's still going with it. Um yeah. and and still trying to target that employee, which is yeah. quite something else, but <laughs> Yes, yeah. Um it's and and I mean, but it it is I mean, the other thing that that brings up as I'm thinking about it too is that, you know, what's interesting about this is I mean, a lot of times we've been talking about this perhaps un unfairly in in the context of like bringing sort of a further mob against people and which 
to some extent shows our own bias, which is that, you know, we neither of us have giant Twitter followings like some people, but we also do not have tiny Twitter followings like lots of people, most people. Um, and so in some cases, you know, some of these situations are just individuals who themselves have, have very little, you know, uh, clout or, or, or power, you know, responding to, to what they see as bad behavior and speaking their mind. And that as an individual interaction doesn't seem that bad, but when you multiply it by hundreds or thousands, it becomes really, really damaging for the person on the receiving end of it. Oh, yeah. I'm, but I mean, how dare you say my Twitter following isn't very big. I'm hanging up. No, that's something that I, I, I wrote, I even included in the piece I wrote. Um, you know, I, it's not a very big Twitter following, but the lessons I learned was that I, I could still actually, you know, I guess bring a mob onto people or whatever right. phrase you want to use. Um, you know, even with, you know, 15,000 followers or 20,000 followers, you know, a, a dedicated few can really right. start it off. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it is, it is interesting. And, and, you know, I think what it, what it comes back to and what, what we need to think about is just like, you know, we're learning how to use this, this stuff properly. And everybody is because it's new, right? There are no, like, this is, you know, you know, grandparents teaching their grandchildren how to properly use Twitter, <laughs> because that's, that's not really a thing. Everybody sort of has to learn how to use it properly. And, and part of like being a good citizen is, is understanding the impact of, of your own actions. Um, and, you know, and, and that's something that we're sort of all learning, which is kind of the point of, of the pieces that you wrote and why I thought it was kind of a valuable, uh, you know, contribution to, to thinking about it. And it's certainly going to make me think more carefully about how I tweet <laughs> and and even some of the articles I might write as well in terms of like, how are they targeted and what are, what, are, what am I trying to accomplish with it? And so I, I think it was it was a really useful thing to, to read and to think about. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I think uh, the takeaway here is Twitter is real life, but it is not necessary. <laughs> yes, yes, but still useful. But 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 think it's there's a lot of like, you know, take a deep breath. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's honestly really basic stuff that you learn in grade school think yes. before you speak. That's yeah. really all this is. Yeah, yeah, that's oh God, I kind of feel like, yeah, we need a uh, uh, you know, all I, all I need to tweet, I learned in kindergarten kind of thing. <laughs> um, cool. Well, uh, Sarah, thanks for taking the time for having this discussion. This was fun. Uh, and, uh, and for writing the, these articles, it gave me a lot to think about. Yeah. Thanks. I enjoyed the chat. Even if you, uh, insulted my Twitter following. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll send a mob your way and you can send them to me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see who can get the bigger mob together. There we go. There we go. And with that, uh, thanks again. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll be back next week.